0: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to North Star. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike. It's an honor to be on this journey with you. We're in week two of this series called Family Circus as we're looking at all the different things we navigate as families as we go through life. Today, we're gonna be talking about the flying trapeze. How many of you have ever been to a circus before? Raise your hand if you've been to one. You watch the trapeze, they leave one security to go to something that's not security, and that's what we're gonna be talking about today. And you may notice in Compass today, maybe in True North, you can't see them. There's some people really dressed up a little differently than the rest of us. Would y'all welcome our 2019 graduates into the service this morning? We get to honor them in a few minutes. It's going to be awesome. I know a lot of you. How many of you are parents of one of the graduates? Raise your hand. Would you give these folks a round of applause? Congratulations. I know a lot of family. Here's how I know it's a special Sunday. There's people sitting in front of me that never sit this close. All right, and so I'm really, really glad you're down here. So I want you to do me favor today. Take your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 3. If you got your Bibles, turn there. It's over in the New Testament. You've got uh, Philippians over there and all these books that Paul wrote, these these epistles. You've got Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. General Electric Power Company, all right, and so whatever you got to, you got a little tips to memorize, all right, and so remember that Philippians chapter 3, if you've got the app, it'd be great to turn to in the app, North Star Church, Georgia, if you've never downloaded it, there are some things we're going to talk about today as we all face transitions in life. The reality of life is these guys are going to walk across the stage this week, they're going to receive a diploma, and they're going to begin the next leg of life. Some of them are going to go off to college, others may go to a trade school, may go in the military, may start working a little while, but they're all beginning a new transition. That's part of it. They may stay here locally and stay with mom and dad for a little while, stay at their parents' house, but they're beginning the next step of what life may look like that's one transition. They choose to experience that transition. I don't know many high school students that go, you know what? I really don't want to graduate. I just want to stay here. And you're still at high school if you're 32. If you do that, it's dangerous. All right. And so we we like to graduate. It's part of it. But there's other transitions we don't choose. Sometimes it's a job. Sometimes it's a location. You get transferred. You get A new opportunity some of the opportunities you choose but they come with some butterflies in the stomach and we literally are the trapeze artists we go from holding on to something we know to letting go till we find what's next today is going to be about how we live out those transitions how we live out our faith when we're letting go and grabbing on Philippians chapter 3. I want y'all to stand with me as we read this together. Paul is writing this letter to this church at Philippi. Paul, his previous life was not one that walked with the Lord. Paul's previous life was one that actually was walking away from everything that Jesus taught until he met him. This is all about the purpose that these people are choosing to live for Paul's gonna write about he's gonna write to them about what they're gonna leave behind and what they're gonna hold on to what they're gonna let go of and what they're gonna grab on to because we're always gonna grab on to something listen to what he said Philippians chapter 3 we'll start reading in verse 13 Brothers, I don't consider that I've made it my own, meaning I haven't arrived. I haven't figured it all out yet. But one thing I do, what does it say? I forget what lies where. Okay, y'all got to sleep in. Help me out a little bit. I forget what lies where behind, but I strain forward to what lies ahead. Paul said, to be who God created me to be, I got to let go of what's behind me and I've got to strain, I got to work, I got to give effort of what lies ahead. And look at what he goes on to say. I press on toward thee. what's the next word? Where God is sending you is not an accident. What God has in store for you is not something you're just going to bump into. What God has out in front of you is bigger than you. He said, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. Paul isn't saying, hey, go out and find your passion and be your best. It's not what he's saying. What Paul is saying is, go find the purpose that God created you for and chase it with all that you got. Whether you are 18 and the rest of life's in front of you, or you're 38 and you're in a transition, you didn't choose. God has something in store for you, and you are going to figure out real quick what and who you're living for and that's what we're going to talk about this morning right where you're standing whether it's in compass or the chapel in true north or on the patio or watching online i want you to just take a second and ask the lord to speak to you would you we say god would you speak to me this morning god would you show me this morning what you have for me would you Father, we showed up to celebrate these graduates this morning. We showed up for church. We showed up to sing. We showed up to, to be here. But God, I have a feeling that you have a little bigger purpose in our showing up. That God, today, that you have a bigger purpose for the lives than maybe we think you have. We think we're going away to this school, but you've got to you got a meeting with you lined up. Father, I pray that over these next few minutes, that all the craziness of the week ahead and the day ahead, we can hear from you clearly, specifically, personally. And God, when we walk out these doors in a few minutes, God, I pray that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we've met with you. Father, that is my prayer, in Jesus' name, amen. So, before you're seated, this is for all of you, not you guys, all of you. Before you're seated, I want you to find three people around you and tell them, introduce yourself, and tell them when you were graduating high school, what was the job you thought you would have, all right? And turn around, turn around, three people, you guys, just turn around and welcome each other. Go, I'll make it easy for y'all. All right, all right, all right. Here we go. All right. To make sure to make sure all the statistics are right, how many of you would say adults you're doing something now when you graduated high school you did not plan on doing. Raise your hand. Do you know that they say that the average adult in America will have eight different careers before they retire? That's why when people introduce themselves to each other and say, what do you do for a living? They're looking for ideas, all right? And so they're just looking for somebody to help them out a little bit to go, oh, I like that. I'll go do that, all right? Because when you graduate, you think you know, and then life begins to point and steer, right? Life begins to throw things your way. You guys have life out in front of you and you're getting to make this transition into what's next, whatever that may be, you get this transition. There's parents in this room, you're making the transition of, I was talking to a family earlier, you're making the transitions. for some of you, it was the last child at home, you're entering empty nesthood, and you're like, it's gonna be the worst, it really isn't that bad, All right? And so it really is, I'll just <laughs> give a little plug for that, but, but it's, I remember it was like yesterday, I found these pictures, Mary Michael sent them to me, of Casey and Mary Michael on the days they graduated, 2012 and 2015, as they walked across the stage, I remember that feeling as a parent. We're sending them out into the unknown. We're sending them out into what's next, what's gonna happen to them, what's gonna happen with their fate, what's gonna happen with their lives, what's gonna happen with their stories. That's what transition does, right? Transition makes you question all the things you think you know. Transition makes you uncomfortable with things that have been comfortable. I've been hanging on to this and now I'm letting go of this. Some of you walked in North Star because you moved to Ackworth, Kennesaw from some other part of the world. You never intended to live here. Some of you ended up here because. Something happened and it was a crisis and you're like I got to go to church and i went to a banquet in that church I'll just go. I don't know how you ended up, but we know when we face transition There's four options of response that we have pen pencil something right with the thumbs to type well, let's talk about what those transition points can elicit from our lives one option during a time of transition is to become a doubter. Would you write that down? A doubter. Everything we used to be confident of, we don't know anymore. Everything we used to be sure of, we don't know anymore. I mean, these guys, you work four years to be a senior, and now that you're a senior, you're going to become a freshman again. You will go from who's who to who's she, right? I mean, that's what happens. You transition to college. You don't know anybody. You begin this new life. It's this new thing out there. And we begin to doubt ourselves. I want you to write out, sometimes we doubt our faith. That happens. Some professors may say something we haven't heard before. A friend says something we haven't heard before. All of a sudden, nobody in my dorm or nobody in my apartment's getting up going to church on sunday morning and and i begin to doubt my faith a little bit is what my mom and dad told me true is what my grandparents told me true we doubt our faith sometimes we doubt our abilities right we begin to doubt our abilities we go from super confident to we're really not sure anymore Some of you adults, you walk through seasons of transition in your life where you've had a great career and for whatever reason things didn't work out and you begin a new career and you've begun to doubt even your own abilities to do what you thought you were called to do. Doubt always enters the story. I love the story in the book of Mark when the dad ran up to Jesus to ask healing for his son and Jesus asking this question he said do you believe I can do this and look at the guy's response immediately the father child cried out and said I believe but help me with my what what was the next line I do believe but I there's just part of me What's well, doubt well where did doubt come from well Stephanie did a phenomenal did Stephanie not do a great job last week y'all give her a round of applause She did so good, you might not get to hear her speak again. All right, and so, um, but she talked about the garden, right? She talked about how it all began in the garden. The very first thing the enemy did was he sowed a seed of doubt into Eve and Adam's mind. Just make them doubt a little bit, make them wonder a little bit. Is God really who he said he was? Will God really do what he said he'll do? And all of a sudden, for you guys, nobody's there to make you do something. Nobody's there to make you live out something. And this little seed of doubt can turn into a week, a month, a year, ten years. And we begin to become somebody we never thought we would be. And it, it all began with a doubt. It all began with a question, Our faith gets challenged see the opposite of doubt is faith it's belief it's knowing something doubt goes what do you really know well mike is it wrong to doubt your faith absolutely not as long as you're seeking answers if you doubt it and do nothing with it that's a problem if you doubt it and learn that's a great thing because a faith that hasn't been tested cannot be trusted that is a good thing but don't stay in your doubt. Would you write a little thing down? Don't stay in your doubt. Don't live in that doubt. It never gets you somewhere you want to be. During that season of transition, when you begin to doubt, was God really in this? How in the world did we leave this town and end up in this town? How did that happen? Is God even there? That's, a, that's doubt, and doubt always exists during seasons of transition. Number two, we can become a complainer, right? We can become a complainer. There's doubters, and then there's complainers. Complainers are the people that always take the negative side. They never see things for what they could be. They see things complainers are just really joyful people to be around have you ever noticed nobody will claim to be a complainer but they know who the other complainers are right i mean complainers are just how many of y'all work somewhere where there are complainers raise your hand Yep, you're gonna you're gonna meet them you're gonna you're gonna introduce yourself and immediately upon arrival They will latch on to you, and they'll take something that could have been the greatest experience, and they'll tell you the 15 reasons that it's the worst place in the world. Every team has them. Every organization has them. Every company has them. Every school has them. Every church has them. They're just negative. I went to a training a couple years ago put on by the Ritz-Carlton. Now, I've never stayed at the Ritz-Carlton. I thought the only hotel that began with an R was Red Roof, all right? But Ritz-Carlton, evidently, is a really nice place. So I went to this training. They do a lot of customer service. I looked around, Red Roof's not doing any customer service training, all right? And so I went to the Ritz-Carlton customer service training, and there they made an interesting thing. They said, well, when we hire new employees, we make sure they stay away from the cave people like cave people what are cave people constantly against virtually everything that's what cave people are right they are those people and they're everywhere when you go away you're going to meet some cave people you're going to get the opportunity to be one am i for something or am i against something it's easier to be a complainer than it is to not look at what Paul said, and here's why this is a big deal. Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God who works in you both to will and to work according to his good pleasure. Do all things, all things without what? Help me out. Without what? Grumbling or disputing. That you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. I want you to write this thought under number two. Ready? I will never stand out. I will never stand out if I always fit in. I will never stand out if I always fit in. We live, ladies and gentlemen, in a negative world. Would you all agree with that? I hate watching the news because it's just negative. You listen to talk show, and you're so ramped up about something by the time you get to work, and you don't fix anything. It's just people are negative about everything. They're just negative. You know one of the greatest ways to make a mark on this world? Be a person who's positive. Be a person who sees what could be, not just what is. I remember hearing Zig Ziglar The great speaker a couple years ago he made this comment he said it's your attitude not your aptitude that determines your altitude it's your attitude not your aptitude that determines your altitude we get to choose what we want to do in this life we can be a doubter we can be a complainer or look at number three we can be a coaster we can be a coaster we just settle in we just fit in we don't really make a stir we really don't make a mark we just blend in all right time out everybody look at me god did not create you to blend in god did not create you and give you the gifts he's given you to blend in he gave you those gifts To stand out, you will never end up where you wanna be by coasting there. You will never end up with the mark you wanna make one day in this world by coasting. Look at what Hebrews 12 1 said. Therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we heard, lest we, here's the word, lest we what away from it? What's the word? I want you to write drift beside number two. What work does drifting take? (laughs) Nothing. It takes no work at all but it always takes you to a place you don't want to be you know what I wish I could do today I wish I could put a microphone on the stage and I wish I could hear from some of you that have regrets over the years of drifting over the years you didn't really choose anything you really didn't walk in a certain way just sort of let your life go and here's what happens two weeks turns into two months turns into two years turns into 10 years turns into 20 years and we miss here's my challenge to you guys don't let your dry life drift pick out who you want to be where you want to be and fight the current and go because life is all about fitting in that's not the mark for jesus what here's what Paul was telling this church. You aren't going to change this world by complaining and grumbling and being like everybody else. You're only going to change this world when you look and live differently. You just stand out. If you are a person that has a direction, you will will stand out. I remember telling my kids when they were growing up, Grab a folder, and wherever you are, act like you're walking somewhere, and people will go, wow, they have a purpose. No, you're lost, but you look like you know where you're going, right? I mean, that's sort of the deal. But coasting doesn't get you anywhere. Get on a sports team, coasting doesn't get you anywhere. It gets you on the bench because people outwork you. Coasting doesn't get you anywhere spiritually because our lives drift, and all of a sudden, we've got years to make up. Oh, you guys look at me real quick. A lot of you, I know some of you, I don't know as well as others. I want you to look at me real quick. My biggest prayer for you is that four years from now or six years from now, whenever you're getting out of the next step, all right, whatever that may be, that you look back with no regrets. I don't want you to look back and go, God, I wish I would have or I wish I could have. Determine now who you want to be and walk that direction. I have never met a person who said, I walk towards Jesus and I regret it. Never met them. Maybe they're out there. I've been doing this 28 years. Never met them. But I've met a lot of people that drifted. And they have regrets. Because during those years of drifting, we make choices that God's not involved in. And we regret them. I wish I could introduce you to all the students that Sellers and Hannah pour into on a weekly basis in Wave that when they showed up in Kennesaw from wherever they live, they said, I want to be this person, so I'm going to show up, and I'm going to get plugged into a church, and I'm going to go to a Bible study, and I'm telling you, they're the kids who figure out who they want to be, and they make a mark in this world. And you get that choice, and we get that choice. You know what I've learned It's as easy to coast at 38 as it was 18. It's easy to coast in your 50s, in your 60s, until you hit a wall and you go, I don't want to do that anymore. And number four, he tells us what to do be a doer. Be a doer. If you don't do your faith, you'll lose your faith. Your faith is meant to be active, it's meant to be plugged in. It's meant to be used. Sitting over to my left, Sterling Brown, who runs 925 Ministries at KSU, and I watch those students, that, these student athletes that walk in his ministry at KSU, and I watch them begin to live their faith. makes all the difference in the world when you begin to live your faith. All of a sudden, it's not something somebody told you. It's something that's active. It's who you are. earlier we talked about must ministries you know why we do must ministries number one it's a phenomenal organization you know that every summer there's thousands of kids in Cobb and Paulding that have nothing to eat the only time they get to eat is when they go to school you're looking forward to school being out they're not looking forward to school being out because they don't have anything to eat so we partner with must ministries to feed these kids so for years we've been making sandwiches and putting them together and we put all the sandwiches together and there's tons of other stuff. When you leave here today, stop by our lobbies, Compass and True North, and pick up that bag that tells you what to bring. But this year, the FDA said, well, we can't allow you to make sandwiches anymore. It's not sanitary. So they gotta buy sandwiches. 75 cents a sandwich to buy all these sandwiches. Isn't that crazy? But I understand it. I mean, it's a, it's a health thing. I understand. Why do we offer opportunities like going picking up things for those lunches or next week we're going to do an extraordinary giving at the end of our services. We used to make 1,500 lunches. Hey, we'll buy a couple thousand lunches now with what you give next week. Why do we do that? It gives you a chance to activate your faith. It gives you a chance to live out your faith. We're going to the Dominican Republic on a mission trip in a few weeks. Why are we doing that? Because you get to live out your faith. When you do it, you use it when you talk about it, when you read about it, it slips through your fingers. During times of transition, I get the opportunity to hold on or to let go and see what God has. But when I grab on to what's next, I grab on to the purpose that God has created me for. I want everybody to look at me real quick. Here's what I'll tell you. There's people in here in all walks of life, literally all walks of life. From running a country club to principals to working in the police department to working at the university to working at retail to working in real estate to running this organization or living in that organization or managing and running a family. There's all kinds of different occupations in here. But here's the one thing we all have in common, is the purpose God created us for. It's to worship him and make a difference in other people's lives, period. That's the one thing we all have in common, no matter what our field of expertise is. So here's the question. When I grab, what, am I gonna be a doubter? Am I gonna be a complainer? Am I gonna be a coaster? Or am I going to be a doer? Am I going to live out the faith that God called me to and live a life of no regrets? And that's a choice we all get. Would you pray with me? Man, right where you're seated this morning, some of you walked in today to celebrate a niece or a nephew. And God had you here for a whole nother reason. He had you here for you. And you may say, Mike, I don't like who I am right now. During this trapeze moment that I'm in, I'm, man, I'm becoming negative. Or I'm just drifting. I don't have a purpose. I'm certainly not a doer of my faith. My guess that's not who I want to be. Just take a second and tell the Lord that, would you? You may be one of the high school graduates this morning. You're sitting there looking at your future, and you're you're excited and you're nervous. That's part of transition. You can't wait, and behind the smile, there's a little fear of what's it gonna be like? Make the decision early of who you wanna be and then walk that direction quickly. During any of our transitions, Would you let the Lord talk to you real real quick, would you? God, some of us today are on the mountain, and some of us, there's a mountain in our way. But God, whatever it is, you're the one who walks us through those highs and walks us through those lows. To be the people you created us to be. Father, today we ask that during those seasons of transition in our lives when we are become trapeze artists, that we find sure footing in you. And what we hold on to is something that it can only hold on to us, and that's a relationship with you. Father, bless our time. Bless these that have heard your word today and are walking towards you. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.